Welcome to another inspiring podcast from C3 New Hope. For more information about our church and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au. Um, well, I hope you guys are well, and um, I hope you guys have enjoyed our service so far. Not, not because, um, not because it's exciting, and you know, there's there's a bit of fun in the air, enjoying the air. But um, I hope you've enjoyed it because you can see the joy that is on um, the group of young people that we have coming through this youth ministry, and it's been a prayer on DNI's heart for some time now that. Um, we would see a spirit of praise and a spirit of worship and a spirit of joy be released over our young people. And, you know, I remember um, four years ago when we took um, the baton of the youth ministry off Pastor Jason Alley. And how good is it that um, Ali just had a, had a baby, their second kid? It's really exciting. Um, I remember that um, they had our youth ministry in a really um, strong space, but in the, in the space of worship, we just, we didn't have musicians. We just didn't have singers. We didn't have guitarists. We didn't have um, drummers. And um, I remember just before we uh, took the baton, Olivia Neves, um, she took the, um, the baton of worship, I think a term before we took the baton of youth ministry. Um, and I believe she had four people on her worship team at that point. And um, in the last four years, God's done something miraculous um, in our youth worship team. And um, we've seen what I believe is is a move of God on our worship team and and um, I just want to honour Liv as well just for a moment because <laughs> Olivia Neves um, is probably one of the most if, you, if you're talking about sports stars that are underrated Olivia Neves is, is underrated um, she she's passionate she's loyal she's sacrificial um, and Dee and I we're just so grateful for you and just wanted to honour you in this moment but We've seen God really move in that space and, you know, I'm sure you just saw it um, in, in that worship moment where there's just a spirit of joy and a sense of joy. And, you know, we don't believe for that because it's, it's fun and we want to be loud, um, but we believe for that because I, I genuinely believe that the antidote um, to the current um, mental health epidemic in young people is a spirit of joy um, and a spirit of joy that can only come and be released from the name of Jesus and lifting up the name of Jesus. So that's why that, that moment, that's why we spent, you know, 25 minutes in that moment because I don't want to be a person that moves so quickly on when the presence of God is moving. I don't want to be a person that, you know, says, okay, we've got a run sheet to fill and we've got to get to this next thing and I've got a lunch to get to. Um, don't get me wrong, those things are important, but... When God's moving, I, I want to be right here in the altar. And, you know, I remember years ago when I was, I was probably 15, 16, and um, Reese Smith put a, uh, an Instagram, well, probably wasn't even a story. Stories probably weren't a thing back then. It was probably a post. Um, and he was talking about how he, was, he had a revelation around the heart of Joshua um, in Exodus, and I think it's Exodus 33 around that, um, where, where Moses is in the tent of meeting. Um, and Joshua actually is like Moses' assistant, um, he's like his, his 2IC. And when, the, when the, the prayer moment that Moses is having finishes, Joshua actually remains in the tent. And so Moses goes out and he goes back to the people and he does whatever he's doing, but Joshua stays in the tent to worship God. 
and it, it's been my prayer since the day that you know I, I, I became a leader in this youth ministry that we will see a generation of Joshuas um, come through this house, this community, their schools, because I genuinely believe that that is the answer to some of the issues that we were seeing, that we are seeing in today's world, particularly around mental health. And I'm going to share a little bit on that um, this morning. And so turn with me, um, if you've got your Bibles here this morning, to Ephesians 6, verses 10 to 12. Ephesians 6, verses 10 to 12. And I'm going to be reading most of my passages from the ESV version this morning. Um, It says this in Ephesians 6, verses 10 to 12. It says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armour of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Schemes, schemes, I don't know. Let's go with it. Um, For we do not wrestle, and this is important, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Close your eyes um, where you are right now. I'm going to pray as we we go into this message and, and, and dive deep into this scripture. God, we thank you for who you are. Lord, we thank you that we can gather here this morning. We pray that you will open our eyes, open our hearts. Lord, we choose to lean in to what you're saying this morning and we are ready for it. And everyone says, Amen. Man, so the title of my message this morning is What in the World? What in the World? Has anyone thought to themselves lately, what in the world is going on? I don't know about you, but I've definitely thought that to myself lately. Um, you know, petrol prices, are, they've doubled in the space of months. Um, I walked into Woolies this morning early to buy some toothpaste and toothpaste was $10. Um, I don't know if that's normal. I've I've just been buying the $2 version for too long, but um, toothpaste was $10. Um, You know, we've got things overseas. Russia's fighting with Ukraine. There's a a gender war going on all all throughout our country. We've got CEOs being stood down in Victoria simply because they're Christians. And so as a Christian, I'm like, what in the world is going on? Now, although these things are cause for concern and will provide a little bit of contrast and context to the message that I'm sharing this morning, um, I'm actually not asking the question of what in the world out of a place of frustration or you know, a, a place of concern. But the question that I actually want to pose to us this morning is what in the world is distracting us from God? What in the world is distracting us from God? What are we allowing in? to our hearts, what are we watching? What are we listening to? Who are we following? Who do we have around us? What voices do we have in our lives? All of these things are a window to our soul. They are a window to our soul. And God has actually called us to be on guard against the plans of the enemy. So we go to Proverbs 4.23. Most of us would have heard it here this morning. In the ESV version, it says, keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Then if we go to the NIV version, it says, above all else, guard your heart, for whatever you do flows from it. So God is showing us here that our heart is pretty important. So if our heart is pretty important, the things that we're letting in, the doors that we're leaving open to go into our heart are pretty important. 
And what you let in, so what you listen to, what you, what you follow, um, what, you, what you watch, what you read, all these things, if we're not careful, will make its way or make their way into our heart. And so we need to be aware of what's going on around us um, because if we don't, at some point, it will make its way into our hearts. We go back to Ephesians 6 verses 10 to 12, which I started with and which is kind of framing this whole message this morning. It says, Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armour of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. So what... What God is saying through this scripture, and I believe it's Paul speaking, is he's saying that we can actually prevent our hearts from being affected from some of the things that are in the world. Yes. Church, you have control over what goes in. Now, don't get me wrong. Some of us have been dealt worse cards than others, and there's, there's different things generationally and in families and the way you grew up and all this stuff that, that affects it. But we actually, we take control over that. We take control over what happens in our families. We take control over what happens in our kids. Now, I'm in the next six, sometime in the next six weeks, um, Denise and I will be welcoming um, our son into the world. And, you know, so I'm about to become a dad. And so this is important to me, that I know before I go into parenthood, and if you're a parent, here this morning, I'm sure you, you know what that's like. I don't know what that's like yet. Um, and I'm about to find out. But I want to be aware of this. I want to be aware of the fact that it is up to me to shut doors that I don't want my child to walk through or that I don't want to walk into his heart. And, yet, and I'm, I'm, uh, it's actually not a physical battle. It's a spiritual battle. And I think that if we recognise that there is a spiritual war going on for all of our souls, but in particular, in particularly for our children, then we actually have the foundation and the understanding about what's going on. So when you see things that come up in the news and you're like, I don't know what to think about that and I don't know what's going on and this doesn't seem right. Well, if we actually have the framework to understand and we take a step back that it's actually a spiritual war going on, and that, like Ephesians 6 says, it's a battle not of flesh and blood, but against um, principalities and powers in the spiritual world, is that the enemy is the one actually pulling the strings. And I, I don't want to give credit to him this morning because he doesn't deserve credit, um, but he is cunning and he is wise and we need to be aware of that. And um, I think it was Pastor Ali that said this a couple of weeks ago when we were away on um, our ministry team retreat. She said, the devil is crafty and society is loud. The devil is crafty and society is loud. And so if the devil is crafty, although I don't want to give him credit, if he's crafty, then we've got to be craftier. We've got to be on watch. We've got to be on guard. And we have to ask ourselves the question, what in the world are we allowing in for him to grab hold of our hearts? What in the world is distracting us from God? In 1 Peter 5, verses 8, it says, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. I don't know if you've ever seen a lion in person or if you've ever watched um, a bit of David Attenborough and, and, and seen a lion, but they are, they are sneaky and they are powerful. And in 1 Peter 5, verses 8, it compares the devil to a lion. And so I believe that God has called us to be watchful. 
He's placed us to be what He describes in Isaiah 62, to be watchmen on the walls for our own soul, but also for our young people. And that's the conviction that Dan and I have as the youth pastors of this youth ministry is that He's called us to be watchful. He's called us to be to be watchmen um, and to make sure that our young people have a space to hear sound advice, not that we're professionals. Um, things are changing all the time, so I'm constantly researching and, and trying to figure out what's going on in our world. But we, we want to provide a space where things are talked about so that they know what to do, so that, so that they know what to think. And so in, in youth ministry, and we've, we've kind of um, ramped this up a little bit um, off the back of our Truth Seekers um, theme, and we've, um, we, we talk about things like money, we talk about things like relationship, alcohol, um, we talk about things like social media, because it's already happening around us. So if the church can't talk about it, who's going to tell them, who's going to give them advice on what to do? If I can't talk about it as their youth pastor, if we can't talk um, about it as their parents, you know, then, then who's going to tell them what the right thing is? Who's going to tell them what truth is? Their friends are, their friends that aren't Christians in, in, in school and, you know, someone who's, who's broken and hurt just like we once were, are going to tell them what to think. And I don't want some random to tell my kid one day about that. I want him to know what the truth is from the Word of God. And so that's a conviction that I have on my heart. And um, Marcus actually shared before, and he was, he was speaking in faith about how he believes that, um, I guess, a, a spirit of faith is going to arise in this church. And I believe that strongly on my heart. I know Pastor Dan believes that as well. And I actually believe that, that Pastor Dan and Ali's vision um, that they've implemented across our churches and um, pouring into kids and youth ministry and building from the bottom up is such a timely thing in a godsend. Um, I shared the statistics at youth camp that two out of five young people either suffer currently from mental health um, issues or uh, have at some point suffered from mental health issues. That's nearly half. Half the amount of young people in society have either suffered or are currently suffering from mental health issues. And I actually believe that the vision that Pastor Dan and Ali have is, is timely. Um, because like I said before, if we don't rally around our young people as a church, then the world's going to tell them what to do. Netflix is going to tell them what to do. People on TikTok are going to tell them what to do. And I actually believe, if I can speak in faith this morning, that out of this church, um, young people from our kids' ministry, um, our, our, our youth ministry, our young adults' ministry, um, there will be young people that are a shining light in our communities. There are young people that will be a shining light in their schools. And I believe that out of this kids and youth ministry, that some of the most significant worship leaders and speakers and business owners and friends and teachers, because my goodness, we need teachers at the moment. Not just because there's a, apparently a, a lack of teachers, but we need strong teachers. And if you're a teacher, I take my hat off to you right now because I can only, especially if you work in the public school system, I can only imagine how hard it is. And I look down at a state like Victoria and the things that teachers are now capped on and what they can and they can't do and how much it's actually, like I said, it's an attack from the enemy against God's church and against Christianity. Um, 
I take my hat off to you and I encourage you to stand strong, to stand firm. Whether you're a teacher, whether you're working in an admin role, you are called. It's not just a pastor up here that's called to grow God's church. It's, it's you in the seats. It's us in the seats. You know, I've got a business. I run a, a business four days a week. Sometimes it feels like 75 days a week. And then, and then I do youth ministry on Friday. But I've got a conviction in my heart that wherever there is an opportunity, I will share the love of God with my clients because, you know, I don't want to hide the fact that I'm a youth pastor on a Friday. Some of these guys have kids in schools that are about to be teenagers. I want them to know, you know, if, if, if they want to send their kids somewhere, send them to youth ministry. You know, you know who I am, send them to youth ministry. I'll look after them. Our team will look after them. And so it's so important that we pray for this in our generation rising, but also realise that God has called all of us for such a time as this. And so I believe strongly on my heart that that vision that Pastor Dan and Ali have shared is so timely, so timely, um, because we live in a world that's telling young people what to do, uh, but we understand that what you let in will shape your heart. And so what you let in will shape your heart. And here's the thing, we are careful about what we eat because we know it will affect our physical bodies. In the same way, we should be careful about what we are feeding our soul. Because what goes into our soul will affect our heart. Proverbs 4.23 says to guard your heart. Why? Well, it goes on to say, for everything else flows from that. So whatever is coming in, you know, if you're angry, if you're frustrated, if it's coming from something that's creeped in through a door somewhere. It's not random. It's not chance. Somewhere a door has been opened, whether you know it or not. Here's the thing these days, and especially for young people, doors are being opened that we are not even aware about. And I am convinced in my heart that for a large majority of people currently struggling with mental health issues, not all, but for a large majority, that they are suffering because of doors that have been opened that should have never been opened. And I'm not an expert on mental health, but I understand through this verse in Proverbs 4.23 that if we don't guard our hearts, if we don't shut the door to things that, you know, the enemy's trying to do, everything else flows from that. And, you know, if you go camping, you wouldn't want to go camping right now, that's for sure. Um, but if you go camping pretty much anywhere in Australia and you leave your um, tent open, whether it's when you're setting up or overnight, I guarantee you at some point, some kind of creepy crawly or flying animal or ripped kangaroo, probably not, but something at some point, if you go camping anywhere out in the bush, something will eventually make its way into your tent. That's why we have fly screens. That's why we have fly screens in Australia on pretty much every door that you can find to the back patio because if we don't, something makes its way in. This is the same with our hearts. If we don't shut the door, if we don't keep watch on what's coming in, at some point, the enemy will grab hold of that and he'll walk straight in. He doesn't need an invite. <laughs> Here's the thing, he actually doesn't need an invite. He'll walk himself straight in. He'll turn up at your doorstep. He did the same thing with Adam and Eve right at the beginning of time. He hasn't changed his tactic. And so just as I'm coming towards the back end of our message, the band can get ready. We're going to sing the song Holy Spirit one more time. But I just wanted to give us 
a cultural example of something um, in today's world that is shaping our young people. And something that, whether we're aware of it or not, whether we, try, whether we decide to put boundaries up or not, is shaping our young people. And I want to talk about um, the app called TikTok. Now, I don't have an account. I don't like doing dances, and that's how it started. Um, I'm, I'm like Matt. I'm like, get me off that stage if it involves song and dance. I'm, I'm out. That is not my thing. Um, but TikTok is currently the most downloaded app on the Apple Store. 62, and if you're not familiar with what it is, basically um, it's videos, videos for, um, for anyone to watch. Um, now, 62% of its users are between the age of 10 and 29. So that means well over half of TikTok's users are young people or young adults. Now, the app's founders decided from the get-go that they were going to target under 18s. They, they've come out and said that from the get-go, that was their plan. Um, so I want to answer the question, how is TikTok influencing our young people? Now, if you're um, older, say you're 18 plus, um, usually by that time, your sense of identity and security is a little bit more formed than a 12-year-old, a 13-year-old, a 14-year-old. At the, at the young age of you know, 12, 13, 14, 15, you're still figuring out what your identity is. You're still figuring out who you are, what you stand for. Um, and so the mo most vulnerable people in society are under 18s. Now, it's worth noting that just before I said 62% of its users are between the age of 10 and 29. Now that's pretty young. Um, I don't think a 10 year old should be on TikTok and I'm happy to say that. Um, I wouldn't be doing justice to my role as a youth pastor to say that that's a good idea because I don't think it is. Um, and I'll go on to tell you why. So under 18s, they're very easily influenced and susceptible to what is put in front of them. TikTok affects people's behaviour, the news they see, their view on politics and their ideology, which is also known as our worldview. Now, I just want to touch on behaviour um, for a second. There was an ABC article reported in November last year that there had been a huge increase in the amount of young girls being taken to hospital with Tourette's-like symptoms. Now, if you're unaware of what Tourette's is, um, it's a nervous, disor nervous disorder that um, causes people to suddenly twitch or make um, sounds, suddenly. It's a, it's a nervous disorder. And Tourette's is actually very rare in young girls. It's actually rare in girls full stop. It's, 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 very, it's much more common that a, a guy would get Tourette's. Now, not only has there been an increase in young girls displaying Tourette's-like symptoms, but those symptoms were also displaying, doctors were saying they were displaying suddenly rather than quietly over a long period of time. And so why am I bringing up this? What, what does Tourette's have to do with TikTok? Well, in recent years on TikTok, there was a bit of a comedy trend going around of videos created by um, people who had Tourette's. So people who, these influencers who had Tourette's, um, they would take to social media um, and they would film themselves in a situation, um, what would usually be quite frustrating and embarrassing for them. Um, for example, going to order a coffee and then they would spill it on themselves or um, one of the common ones was getting a COVID test and they would go to get a COVID test and they will twitch because that's what happens. Um, that's the, the kind of thing that people with Tourette struggle with. However, um, they were trying to make it lighthearted. 
Now, doctors, after doing research um, on these young girls that were displaying Tourette-like symptoms, said that a large majority of them who had suddenly developed these symptoms had reported in the lead-up that they had watched videos of people um, with Tourette's on TikTok. Now, the same thing was then backed up and reported um, uh, by 60 Minutes just a couple of months ago where they titled it a contagion. Now, a contagion means usually that is it is transmitting, the word contagion literally means to transmit a contagious disease. Now, they were saying that Tourette's was being transmitted like a contagious disease, but we all know that Tourette's is a nervous disorder, so it can't actually transmit to someone else. However, what was happening is that these young girls were mimicking and copying other people on social media. And so these young girls aged 12, 13, 14 who hadn't formed their identity yet, who didn't know who they were yet, were all of a sudden struggling with mental health issues and as a result were starting to mimic people with Tourette's. They called it a contagion. Now this is just one example of the things that are going on in our world on through apps like TikTok that if we don't, if we're not aware of these kind of things, we can see the same things happening in our young people. And like I said before, I'm convinced that for a lot of young people who are currently struggling with mental health issues, that it's it's actually through doors that have been opened um, on, on apps like TikTok, on apps like Instagram, on Snapchat. And so I think that as a church, we need to rise. I think that as parents, we need to rise um, and understand what is going on in the digital world. Because I actually think there's, there's, there's far more harm going on in the digital world than there is even in um, friendship conversations. I think the conversations they're having at school come out of what they're seeing on social media. Um, just go, go order a takeaway coffee um, or go sit down and, and get a coffee in a cafe and, and have a look around how many people are on their phones. <laughs> a lot. Um, we, we've come, I was going to say we've come a long way as society and we have, but we probably need to put our phones down a little bit more. But... So the question is, and as the band gets ready to, um, to sing Holy Spirit, is that how do we remain on guard? Whether it's for ourselves or it's for our kids. Well, I believe that we need to decide where we will pick our fruit from. We need to decide where we will pick our fruit from. In Luke 6 verses 43 to 44, it says, For no good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. And I love this part. For figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor are grapes picked from a bramble bush. And if you don't know what a bramble bush is, it's a berry, it's a berry bush. Now, if you want grapes, you go to a grapevine. You don't go to a berry bush. You won't find grapes on a berry bush. In the same way, if we want our hearts to exhibit the truth of God's Word, if we want our hearts and our kids and, you know, the people around us to exhibit God and His love and His character, then we need to go to God. That's the door that we need to open to our soul. That is what we need to open to our soul. And in John 16, 33, and here's the best part. Jesus says to His disciples at this time, He says, In the world you will have trouble, but take heart for I have overcome the world. So there's a grace in this. There's God's presence in this. And there, although it can feel daunting and big and like a huge task that we need to do, 
God's grace is amongst this. Because Jesus says to His disciples here, take heart, for I have overcome. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information about C3 New Hope and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au.